Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the week, everybody. It's your favorite time of the week. Time for your favorite podcast. Or top five, top ten. It's a podcast that you sometimes listen to. Yeah, that's right. It's my podcast. Terribly funny. Uh, I, of course, am the host of this darn thing. Uh, I'm Steve Bazelone, and this is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. And today, we have a wonderful guest. He's uh, honestly one of the funniest performers I've ever seen, and he's just a delightful man. It's Mr. Gil Ozeri. What can I tell you about Gil? Well, I first met him some nine years ago, pushing 10, when we were uh, both writers on the situation comedy Happy Endings. Uh, but he's also written on a ton of amazing things. Uh, things like Children's Hospital and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, NTSFSDSUV, and he's currently a writer and performer on Big Mouth. And if you've not seen Big Mouth, get hip to that shit, man. It's so smart and so funny. And he gets to play a pillow that uh, Jason Manzukis' character fucks. So that's fun, right? That's crazy. Yeah, definitely watch it. He's also, as I said, an incredibly talented uh, performer. He's been on things like L.A. to Vegas, Another Period, um, Comedy Bang Bang, uh, UCB Comedy Originals, and he's got a movie coming out. A movie coming out that is uh, directed and written by a fellow uh, Happy Endings alum, Prentice Penny. So check that shit out. It's called Uncorked. It comes out pretty soon. Uh, there you go. Uh, well, that's you, Now you have his whole resume. Now let me tell you what we talk about. Ooh. Uh, we talk about fun stuff like what it's like to be a child when your parents divorce, how that affects you moving forward, uh, what it does to your future relationships, uh, how do you trust, how do you move on, and also what it's like to have a very tenuous relationship with your father. Uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to go deep on this one. Uh, I think you're really going to like it, but before we get to that good stuff, let me do the stuff uh, that you care less about, but I'm going to race through it so it doesn't take much of your day up. Here we go. Hey, gang, do you like this podcast? If you do, tell your friends, tell your family. Also, subscribe, because then you don't have to be like, ah, did a new one come out? You'll just get a notification. Yes, a new one did come out, and then you can listen. It's very easy. Go to our iTunes page, subscribe. Also, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. I'd love to hear what you think about us. Also, check us out on all the social medias. You can see us on Twitter at Terribly underscore funny. On Instagram, it's Terribly Funny Podcast. And if you want to drop us a line, do so at Terribly Funny Podcast at Gmail. I genuinely love hearing from you. Drop me a line. Tell me what you think of the episode. Tell me what you think about the whole show. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you're just going through a hard time, I'll be in a year. I'll be a sounding board. Okay, that part's done. Now let's get to the good stuff. And the good stuff, of course, is Gil Ozeri being very thoughtful and very lovely, per usual. Uh, give me some theme music, please. She's super cute. Yeah. Um, she's walking and talking. Yeah. Um, says How like, much does that change the game, though? Like when they're much more mobile? Um, it's much, every, it's like always harder, but always better. It keeps right. getting harder and better. Right. Um, you know, she's like, you have to chase her down. But it's um, the thing that is easier is that you don't have to like carry her as much, right. you know, but um, it, it gets harder because they just can run into dangerous things. Yeah. You at, know? All time. at all times. At all times. That's the hardest part about it is like the mental energy, you know, expended just like, you know, you always have to sort of look out and look to see if they're doing anything right. like that can harm them yeah, um, yeah. as opposed to like just the physical part of it, sure. which like carry picking them up or like feeding them is hard. But like that, that being aware for like the like three quarters of the day and not being able to take a mental break that yeah. is so exhausting just the constant vigilance yes exactly yeah. it's so it's so hard 
so hard. I can't only imagine. That's like the the, the couple of times because I you know have a wiener dog. He's pretty self sufficient, but just like the oh, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It's not like maybe maybe at some point you'll go away for a weekend no. and a grandparent or someone will watch your baby. Yeah. But like otherwise, it's just it's all. It's yeah, bad. it's just so constant, and it's just you're one minute you're okay, and then the next minute you're like, holy fuck, oh god, don't do that. You know, it's just like. All of a sudden, it can go to a hundred miles an hour, and you know. But then also, do you have the thing where, like, if you have that reaction, and then they freak out? They freak out, and, then and you're, you're like, like "Oh, sorry, sorry." Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it's really tough. It's but... also changed the game now, where like she because she is mobile, can she like run into your bedroom in the morning? So it's like, um, she can't do that yet. She's okay. still stuck in her crib. That's nice. You know, she's still a little cage. Yeah, yeah, okay. she's still in a little there. cage. Yeah, um, and she's you know she hasn't figured out how to get out of it yet. Um, but you know, uh, so that's that's still okay. That's still okay. But I'm sure it will happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Do you sleep at all? Um, I sleep less that's for nice. sure. Sure. And I go to bed earlier. I'm like. It's that's so cliche and stupid. I'm like going to bed at like ten. I'm like, oh yeah, that like, sounds great. Though. Does I it? Would love, no, I mean, I I am bad at that. Yeah, I would love to be. I mean, I'm just so fucking exhausted by the end of the day. It's like, I'm exhausted. And I have no reason. Yeah, to be. <laughs> I'm exhausted all the time. It's when do you no wake reason. up in the morning? When do you get up? Um, are, are you an early bird? Or are you a? I am not an early bird. Well, I am because I just wake up. Like without fail at like six thirty or seven. You do okay. And then alarm I, or no alarm? No alarm. Wow. But then I'm just that's you, you like you get up at the sunrise. You like no, but I don't get up. I'm just up. You're just up. And then I try to sleep. Are you a fo- you go right to your phone? I try not to, but sometimes uh-huh. I do, and because of like lack of colon, I'll get up like once or twice in the night. Right. But so it's just like whenever I wake, it's I have no problem falling asleep. It's like it's when I wake back. up. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I, like if I wake up at four, then I'm just right. up for an hour, and that's like the shit that yeah. me. And that's yeah. just purely just like my mind spinning. Yeah. No, is, I'm, I mean I'm cool. lucky. Nina will sleep till like six thirty. She goes like mm-hmm. seven to seven usually. It's great. Um, but I I also have trouble sleeping. Like I have like nightmares. I've like terrible. I've been having terrible nightmares lately. Are they related to life or just? Do you think it's there? Yeah, I think it's stress related. Yeah, you know, I have no. I haven't had time to like really like exercise or work out recently, and I feel like that definitely no, puts no place for the energy to go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've been having like stress dreams and um and also. Something's fucked up with my thermostat because like Great. <laughs> we uh the we set it to like sixty eight or whatever mm-hmm. when we go to bed and then yeah, nice her, yeah, yeah. her room stays cool mm-hmm. but our room gets like is boiling. What? And then the living room is like freezing. It's so bizarre. And if we change it, we like we screw with her room. Well, so, so it's not worth it. Yeah, and we've tried to like get like an AC repair guy to come in and like check it out. And he was just like, uh, I don't know. It's just ghosts, yeah. man. You yeah, got a ghost who likes a warm room exactly. and a cold room. So uh, I don't know. It's like I'm like so hot and the heat also makes me like get nightmares. Like, oh, yo, I can't. I have to sleep when it's cold because I feel like if it's my room is warm, I wake up like like uh, somebody like uh, uh, what's Carrie Elway's in Princess Bride right <laughs> like, right uh, yeah. <gasps> yeah, yeah exactly did yeah. you remember I, I think I don't know what, it's only been the last like five years maybe six seven years like I used to sleep like a goddamn log uh huh. And I don't know what's no. I've been getting up. I think it's maybe, maybe age. I mean, I, know, I what what is it, it's. I also get up to pee like a couple of times a night, and like you're I'm, not that old yet. No, this is I very don't disheartening. Know. I think I think you have to like 
start to realize that yes we are that old <laughs> no i know but we're not we're not to like the age where no. we should be taking i don't even know what the urine medication is yeah. but like what the fuck it's because <laughs> it's not going to get better no it's not it's not i don't think so i it's i don't know i don't know what it is it feels like it I, i'm i have a feeling like it's my age but i don't know I think maybe it's probably age but it's also a bummer like because i feel like what do you think ways, it is I think it is age, but I, I think, I think the, the thing that's a bummer to me is like, I feel like in so many ways I've become more um, uh, emotionally uh, evolved and like in uh, having more self-awareness right. and uh, like more vulnerability right. and all those things. But in the inverse is like, well, then seemingly I feel like I've gotten healthier in many ways, but uh-huh. otherwise like I'm clearly not because like I wake up and in my mind. Well, when you get up, are, are you, is, are you thinking like, is that what's preventing you from going back I to sleep? So. Yeah, usually. I mean, I, I speak to my dad, my dad a lot and uh, about sleep and he says that he can't, he sleeps like four hours a night Oof. because he just feels like he has like no time left. And maybe that's like a stress, also like a yeah. stress thing. And he's like, I just don't want to waste any, like he'll go to bed and then sleep maybe if once he gets up at like even 4 a.m he's like i'm up i can't i just can't be there so i don't know maybe that comes with like maybe you know oh god yeah i don't i don't not i don't feel like i'm staring down the abyss you don't you don't well you should be you are no yeah we all are we all are are. nobody's getting out of this thing alive no um well that's great we're both anxious fun people uh (laughs) seamless transition tell me about some bad stuff man um i eat my oatmeal yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, like, let's see, the, the, the hardest thing that I've probably been through, and it's, uh, it's also pretty cliche, is, is I, I went through, divorce, my parents got divorced, mm-hmm. um, and it happened when I was about 14 years old, Sure. Um, and it was, uh, you know, probably the toughest thing that's happened to me, and um, I mean, you know, people have had much rougher things but, uh, you know, in that moment, I was, uh, I was pretty thrown, <laughs> also, uh, to at, say the least. At 14, you don't have, that's, 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 I mean, that's, that's very, uh, difficult thing. Your parents are, were, are divorced too, correct? Yeah. And they got divorced. At what age? Um, were you, how old were you? I moved out when I was in fourth grade. So what was that like? Eight? 10? Okay. 10, I think. Or so. Okay. Yeah. No, that's 10. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> that's But. And then they officially got divorced when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, I got remarried in seventh grade. But, like, that's a big deal. I mean, I think, um, yeah. It started, I I mean, I I started to realize what was going on at, like, 13, that there was an issue. Um, But I do think that that, my sister was also eight, and I do think, I think that, like, around that that age, you know, um, when you're going through puberty... um, it can be the toughest time for kids for divorce. I think that like when, cause I, looking back at it, my sister, she really didn't know what was going on. And you're sort of at 13, you're sort of aware, um, a, a little bit more aware of what's happening. Um, and, uh, and so it really, it really hit me hard. Um, you know, yeah, I guess that's true because it is like a different, because I've always contended that, uh, in many ways, I think it's, easier when you're young for your mm-hmm. parents' divorce because yes. you are the focus, you're the priority. Mm-hmm. And you and don't remember anything different. Really. And you're also a child, so right. they're like protecting you. Yeah. Whereas if you're older, you're more of a peer mm-hmm. and then you might get, you're not getting protected from as much shit. You also right. have more of a cognizance of like what the problems are and yes. where the rifts were. Yeah, in a way it's that easier you're... to detect people yeah. lying too. Yeah. Um, 
which my father did a lot of. So, you know, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. Uh, and you didn't say, you said you, it was only a year before that you had like any sort of yeah, recognition um, that maybe something was wrong. Yeah. Basically what was happening was my parents were arguing a lot. Um, and, uh, I, I think I would ask like, you know, is there a problem? Are you guys getting divorced? Like that kind of thing. And they would be like, no, no, no. And then my father started coming home like late at night, sure. like at, you know, two or three in the morning. And, um, uh, and he said he would be, he was like, I'm going out with my friends and all this other, uh, all these other excuses. Um, and one, and then my mother took me, uh, and my sister on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was my dad is a photographer mm-hmm. and so he would travel a lot um and so he was supposedly going to israel sure um to take photographs and uh so my mom took me and my sister away um like on a small little vacation and she had the sort of illusion that he was going to you know uh, leave as soon as he came back from this trip. Um, and so she knew what was going on. And then I just remember sort of like the car ride back to the house, um, and knew that something was like, uh, a mess. And then sort of, we came back and my dad was already there and he sort of pulled us down to the basement. Um, and this is a very seminal, you know, this is a very uh, uh, ingrained memory in my head. It br- brought us down to the basement and um, basically told us that he was leaving just for a trial, like right. separation sort of a sure. thing, like for a couple of weeks, he was going to move into his own place. A gradual step down. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I like was super pissed. I got extremely angry and my sister was just like, what the fuck is going on? She just started yeah. crying because everyone else was yeah. crying. And, um... You know, uh, my my mom, my my dad had basically asked my mom for help telling us, but uh, uh, my mom refused to do it because my dad was cheating, mm-hmm. and he had been for a while, and he didn't tell us that part of it. I sort of that was like another sort of reveal a sure. few weeks later. Well, your sister was out. eight, right? My sister was so eight. That's a lot. Yeah, to yeah. To um, understand what that is. Totally, totally. Um, and I get it from that perspective, but there was like also the. I don't think he wanted to be seen as like a, um, the, the person whose fault this was. I get that. Um, That's going to be a (laughs) lot to, a lot of guilt to shoulder. I'm sure it's hard even when there's not like a clear delineation of like, sure. Who's the hero? Who's the Mm villain? It's never that. No. And I mean, there was, and there was a lot of finger pointing. I mean, my dad was like, it it was not, I don't think it was played very well by my father. It was, uh, um, he, it was pretty terrible. Um, and my mom sort of had to, you know, carry the weight of like, you know, we, she, we were living with her and I would, I turned into an extremely angry kid. Um, I, uh, I blamed my mother a lot. I like threw, I like, I remember throwing like, um, 
we had this like weight, like a dumbbell in our house and I threw it through a wall. She oh, like had, fuck. yeah, like would run away all the time. My mom had to call the police on me once because I was like screaming and threatening and like, I was like so angry. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how to process any of these feelings because I had found out a few weeks later that my father was cheating on my mom and he had already, um, he had already met a woman and, and was close with her and, um, you know, they were dating and I was so like, I was so pissed. Well, it feels like such a betrayal. Especially. Yes. It was such a betrayal. Yeah. Um, well, it's also just like wrapping your mind around like, I thought I, I saw you as this. Yes. And just to like see like another side of somebody. There's definitely that. There's yeah. definitely that like, yo, Santa's not real kind yeah. of thing. Um, but there was also like my father and I were never, I, it, it felt like my father never really paid attention to me, never really like cared about what I was doing right. necessarily. Um, I was sort of like, it seemed like I was sort of more of a nuisance to him. Um, That's very hard. Oh, it, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. your brain at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just distinctly remember being like, and trying to annoy him even more and more because I, I felt like that was the only sort of way he would be like, right. give me any sort of attention, even though it was ne completely negative. Um, you know, I, I, I think like my dad was more interested in, in his work and sort of like, I was just a kid. I couldn't really like, I didn't really have anything interesting to say to him. Uh, my dad was the type of guy who would be like, who'd make me read when my friends were over. Oh boy. He was like, he would like <laughs> tell my friends like, okay, now he has to go read for like a half an hour. What? Yes. Like yeah. that's the kind of like he, that was what he was like. That's what he, that's what he put first was like, you know, knowledge, education, education and knowledge. And my dad like grew up super poor, like right. in a tent, like right. till he was in like wow. third grade. Um, he was living in a tent in, in, in Israel when it was like mm -hmm. first founded. He, so he was like, living on a farm in a tent and would like, you know, steal cucumbers from other farms. He has like these crazy right. stories. So he was like, he was so obsessed with like how education can sort of pull you out of, right. you know, po poverty. And we weren't very, we were like lower middle class, I would say, um, growing up. Um, and then into middle class, um, yeah. later in my life. But like, yeah, that's what he was sort of like, that was, you know, the most important sort of thing to him. So I was sort of like, uh, kind of like, um, this distraction a little bit. And then in this his, in his still pursuit for knowledge or just because you did not value the same things just because I was like this, uh, annoying little like fly, like right. kid who like didn't, I, I, I just don't think, yeah, I, I think I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I mean, this is sort of like all conjecture because it's just sort of what I feel. And I'm yeah. sure if you asked him, he'd be like, no, I loved you. And like, yeah, but you know, we, you know, self-awareness or being aware of like, oh, am I, yes. you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, this is just sort of yeah. what I remember in sure. retrospect, but yeah, there was definitely an element of like, oh God, you know, it's not real. Nothing's real. My parents, my dad is awful. And, um, but there was also this sort of other side of like, uh, you know, I, I, I was, he does no one cares about me and he never cared about me. And like, you know, um, it was just really, it was really sort of tough. And then I found out that he was 
sort of cheating and that made me more angry. And then, so I stopped talking to him for a couple of years, um, um, completely. Um, and he kept, he, I think he sort of that, like sort of broke my dad in a way. Um, and he started to, you know, come back and try to make more of an effort. Um, you know, like he didn't, he wouldn't, he didn't come to like my high school graduation because he was like away with, um, his wife, right. you know, um, who's his wife now. Um, but he was just like, it, I wasn't, it, it wasn't that, I wasn't that important to him in do a you, way. Do you think? And I think I got angry about that. I, like I that was like the, what, you know, it's sort of like, oh, it was more of like less of like, oh, he's perfect. And now he's, oh, there is no perfection. And more of like, oh, he really doesn't give a shit about me. Like, right. I, you know, that kind of a... What did that do? You're 14. What did that do to you? Like, you're... Well, I think there's a couple of interesting things in what you just said. Like, the, mm-hmm. the facet that, like, I would uh, annoy him to get attention. Yes. Is there, like, a part of you that is, like, somewhat grateful for that? Because, like, you are one of the funniest performers oh, that I've you. seen. And like you're, I'm sure some of that comes out of that. Like oh, completely. To, so like completely. Part, like as much like fuck you, but also that's hard. It's really hard to say. Yeah. I mean, it's like I would never thank him for making me like no, you sure. know. Yeah. Um, I did get good at trying to. I think a lot. I mean, I mean, I think there is a. Uh, there's one aspect of it, which is like, you know, annoying people and knowing what gets under their skin and trying, you know, um, and trying to sort of like, I think that like when I was improvising, um, uh, I, I do a lot of improv at UCB and like, and even in writing, trying to like, you know, get under people's skin and trying to sort of like, you know, uh, get a rise out of people like that helps in comedy completely. Um, and so I got very good at that. I would also do it to my father. Like uh, for instance, like I would, um, on, uh, on multiple family videos, I would, uh, I would get in front of the camera. He was like, would be taking a video and I would be like, this is Robin Leach with the poor and unknown, (laughs) you know? And he would be like, we're not fucking poor. Stop saying that. We're not unknown, you know? And he would get so pissed and I would, I would do that kind of, I do that kind of stuff, um, just to get under his, under his skin. So yeah, it definitely, I mean, it, it made me, it gave me a skill that I was good at, but it, it's also, you know, it left a compl- a huge void in me that I am in great need of attention, right. you know, and right. validation. And that seems like, uh, it, it could be a driver, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a healthy driver to me. Right. It feels like, um, you, I don't think I, I, it, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it, it can result in anything really, you know, uh, healthy for me. Uh, I don't know. Do you ever, uh, I mean, you must, I mean, you're obviously, you know, do you, there is always that like need for validation for For comedians. I mean, um, but like part of it doesn't feel, part of it feels like I'm always trying to sort of, you know, fill, um, 
a cup that can never be filled. Yeah, I always, I forget where this, I first read this metaphor. It might have been in the fucking book, The Game, the Neil Strauss book. Uh-huh. But he, there was like a thing, a reference of like having a bucket with a hole in it. Like it doesn't matter what you put in. Mm-hmm. It's like you can fill it for a while, but it's going to eventually empty. And I think that's a facet. I think mine comes less of um, wanting validation, which is, mm-hmm. of course is the thing because everybody wants to be like, I'm cool. I feel right. good. Yeah. I liked but I think a lot of my thing, uh, and something just been like kind of coming to terms with more recently, is that like, I think my wanting to make light of a situation is to mitigate any conflict. Yes, I think that was my role. In That's definitely part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad would get ang- really angry with mm-hmm. me, um, um, and I was spanked. I mean, not. Mm-hmm. I mean. With a pretty, pretty roughly, yeah. um, I would say. I, I mean, I'm going to therapy to define exactly what that was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely faced the wrath of my, my dad, you know, grew up. He would get beat. You know, he was like, he grew up Orthodox mm-hmm. and like he would have to like practice reading the Torah every single day. Um he grew up in a family of, he had like nine brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. Um, and, the same thing. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. And he would get like whipped with like a leather whip if he made mistakes. Oof. Like, and so that was sort of just part of his DNA um, of like, this is how you get your, you know, child in line, sort of. Sure. Um, and so I would always be trying to, you know, you know, part of it is not just like, Hey, pay attention to me, but like, you know, don't fucking hit me. I can, you know, I'm going to make you laugh instead. But like, isn't that better? Isn't that better? Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not all terrible. Um, but, uh, it was sort of like this weird cycle of like, that would annoy him. And I knew that it would get a rise out of him eventually. And then, you know, I'd get like hit or punished or screamed at, and then it would just happen all over again. Um, so, uh, now I get paid for it, but yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a nice thing. Like, Oh, well, I guess this all did lead to a, yes. I mean, like you can say like, yeah, I guess, it's also like, well, you, I also, I don't know how much choice I had because I was just like, this is what I got good at because I had to get good at it. Yeah. 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 Well, how much of that, like you're 14 and like, I think it's a very, uh, the sentiment you said, like you, you didn't, you don't care about me and you never cared about me. Yes. Like, what does that do for you moving forward in terms of if you're, that's cause you're, you're incredibly vulnerable because you're like body's a mess. Mm -hmm. So like, if a similar thing happened to you now, you probably wouldn't throw a weight through the wall. But you, you mean probably... in terms of like how like resilient I am, or like how yeah. how I react to things? I, yes, I, I mean I, mean, I just think you have more of the emotional ca- capacity to deal with yeah. trauma like that now. Right. But like at that point, you're so you're still like you're not hardened cement yet, right? Yeah. So like, what does that do to your relationships with like friends or like at the time? Yeah, and like moving forward, like through high school, when it's such like a weird fucking. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, I was like terrible to my mom, terrible to my really? younger sister. Yeah, Interesting. yeah, just anger I would just couldn't... anger, and th- they were the closest in proximity to me, right. so I could take it out on them. Right. Um, and also, you know, part of me was echoing what my father did to my mom. I was like blaming her for things, yeah. you know. Um, and I and I and with my sister, I think our sort of like our dynamic was sort of forged at that moment. Like I, 
I, uh, I felt like I was like, I, I, I had to take care of her. Um, and you know, and, um, and part of that is also there, but I feel like we sort of still play out the same sort of relationship we had then, which was like, I was like still trying to annoy and get a rise out of her. And that still sort of plays out to this day. I mean, like me and my sister get along. She lives in LA really well, but like we can, if my mom or my father is in the room, we go right back to like, really? Yeah. Um, isn't it fascinating how like time gets flattened that way? Like just certain dynamics. It is so weird. Just like, it's how weird. am I back here? I know yeah. it's, it's weird. Um, and it sucks. <laughs> um, but, yeah. and, and then there's this other like feeling of like, Oh, I need to take care of her. I need to take care of her. Um, um, I'm, I'm worrying about her. I'm over, a lot of times I'll be like overprotective, um, or I will do things for her. And that makes her feel like sort of like, Oh, I'm, I don't trust her. I don't think she can handle things, but it's sort of like this gut knee jerk reaction that I have of like, Oh, I need to take care of, uh, of my sister. And a lot of times she'll, she can be resentful of it because it's like, you know, like, Hey, you need to like, well, you then, need to trust me. I'm a, my, my own adult, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so that can, it can be tough. Um, with friends, I was more ashamed mm. at first. Right. I don't know how you felt when you got divorced, when your parents got divorced, but uh, I was like completely didn't want to s- tell anybody at the time. I feel like there was a different stigma around divorce, like as then? it was like, yeah, yeah, it was especially, uh, I feel like I remember at one point a kid in my neighborhood because like my parents felt like they were the first in the area to mm-hmm. split up. And I remember like a year or two later after like two or three other parents had split up, like one of the kids in the neighborhood was like, your parents started this. Like being, oh, and I was fuck. like, uh, <laughs> oh, I God. Like, fuck you. Yeah. But it was also like that, I think that was part of a thing that I took on because nobody else at that point in my family. Right. I have a big extended family. Nobody else had split up. And like, I, I felt like I wasn't like you in that at a year before I realized maybe something was wrong. Like uh-huh. I remember being like five or six and my parents had a moment where I was in the backseat of the car they had a moment where they were talking about like a grocery list and that they started doing a bit and laughing. And I remember like at five or six, like, Oh wow, I've never seen this. Oh, so it was, like, oh, it was like a, a surprise yeah. that they were getting along. So, like I remember like when I was young, I, even when I was like before I even understood like what, how relationships work and that they're even, you know, people beyond my parents. I right. remember thinking like, this doesn't seem like this matches. Right. So like, it was never a surprise to me. Right. But it was, I think for that reason, I always tried to just like normalize it. Cause I remember right. when they, I remember I had to go to like a fucking divorce support group in my uh-huh. elementary school. And there, yeah. of which at the time there was like six people in it and like right. a school of whatever, uh, 500 kids. Cause like, yeah. everybody's divorced at that point. And it was like, everybody in the support group was like, just everybody who smelled like a burrito it was just like the kids like I don't want to hang out with these fucking yeah parents. yeah yeah and it was just like I remember just being in that room and just like trying to mitigate any sort of uh, hurt or disdain and just like yeah they still it's like I'm never gonna see them remember that was that was my right. like, go to it was like they're not you going were playing away. it cool sort of yeah and I, I think that was a lot of that was self preservation and also uh-huh. I was lucky enough that my, both of my parents always made me a priority right so like I never felt a lack of love oh that's good which was great but yeah. it was still like confusing and fucking I think there was probably was it anger. talked to, did they talk to you about it they did they both sat me down and um 
uh, and that's, I think that was the line I took because I think one of them said like, you know, we'll still, I'm still, I'm still going to be around. My dad be like, you know, I will still pick you up from this stuff. I'll still be here for dinner. Sometimes you're going right. to come to, so like I was a priority, but it was a, um, yeah, it was still like confounding in a yeah. way that I didn't know. And I think as I, oh, I, I got older when it was actually normalized by everybody else's parents starting to go through the same thing, mm. um, was fine. Right. Or more fine. Yes. But yeah, at the time it was, I think it was probably some level of guilt yeah. and shame, but mm-hmm. also like, uh, not surprised at all because it was like, yeah, of course. That's good. Yeah. This, this doesn't work. I right. know that. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it took me a while to get to that place where it's like, oh, they're human beings. And, you know, as much as how awful the the way it went down was, you know, my father had a reason for not wanting to to be in the relationship. Um, But, yeah, um, at the time it was it was tough. And I I I went through the gamut of um, fair. I had I saw like so many therapists. Yeah. Was that like. Something that you resented, because I remember I had to go to, like, a, I went to a therapy with my mom once mm-hmm. when, like, they were having problems. I don't know if he'd moved out yet. Maybe they had, but I remember I was just such a little dick. It was, like, an hour-long session, and I didn't say a fucking word. So you like, did on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to be here. This is stupid. Yeah. No, I was too, I think I was too uh, immature to even get to that point of, like, you know, I was just too scared of like, oh my God, what, I, I need to answer this person's questions. Right. I'm in like the presence of authority or whatever. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I went, we, at first we went, I was like there with my dad and uh, and my, uh, both my parents. And then I went alone um, and then continued. I thought it, it definitely didn't help until I, until I think I was in like late high school maybe. Right. Um, where, you know, I actually was like, understood what the person what the therapist was trying to tell me or get across to me right. um and then as soon as i went away to college i think i sort of mellowed out a little bit and like the anger sort of like dissipated well that makes sense because you're finally like outside of you're outside of the world that is embraced like yeah. all of that and you're also like i don't need this anymore i'm self-sufficient exactly i don't rely on these people as yep. much and um, i think it helped you know that just that independence helped and and also my father sort of trying to get back into uh, my good graces like helped um also probably soften the the uh the anger was there a point because you said like how when he started to like turn around or even when before he did, was there ever any level of like empathy, like talk, you know, cause you knew about like he was raised in a tent and he was like very strict at the time. No, yeah, at the time. No, but, um, now I, it's not, it's not, it's less like, um, it's less sympathy and more like I can, I can understand mm-hmm. why, how, why it went down and why he did it. Right. Like I get that. Um, but can I sympathize with the decisions he made? Like I did like, so I, yes, I can empathize with him, but I don't think I can sympathize with the decisions or, you know, at the time. Um, I mean, I, I see how it all played out and I understand why he did what he did and he, what, why he chose what he chose. But it's really hard for me to say that those things were the correct way to go about things. Now, I mean, I don't know what correct means, but like 
there was probably def definitely a less selfish sort of choice that could have been made at the time, um, you know, in how how he sort of approached feeling unhappy. Right. Uh, if that makes sense. No, I think in, intrinsically, because I feel like that is a thing um, in me that I will do, like, instead of just kind of taking the assessment of a situation like, oh, I'm not happy, I should make a decision. And maybe that's going to be a hard decision to make. Yes. But invariably, it'll be better as opposed to like, like, because how much would have been different if, if at 10 years old, he'd have been like, this is not working. Right. And maybe this is going to be hard and this is maybe going to be difficult on the kids, mm -hmm. but invariably probably better than like being unhappy and trying to kind of limp through while also like finding other outlets, mm -hmm. which is invariably more damning. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough to say like, Oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. I mean, like, it's also like, who knows if he didn't have the sort of where, you know, the, the willpower to get out until he actually met someone. And right. that was like the thing that sort yeah. of like, like galvanizes your strength. Exactly. Kind of. yeah. But I, I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, but I feel like if you're not wrapped up in your own sort of, if you're not like navel gazing, if you're not like wrapped up in your own world and you're sort of going, okay, there are other people at play, especially I have children yeah. here. Like I, I can't be, I don't have the luxury to just think about like whether I'm happy or unhappy, yeah, of course. you know? And, and so, I mean, that, uh, that alone sort of leads me to think that like, you know, there was a better way to sort of handle it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think I like 90% agree with you, but it's like also like there is other people at play, so I can't just focus on my own happiness. Right. But also the inverse of that is like if he just focused on his own happiness, probably in long run and short run right. would have made everybody happier. Because it's like also like, well, how much of a poison am I, or how much of a virus am I serving to this family unit because of... So you're saying if he was even more sort of like self-centered, he might have... Well, I'm saying like if you, yes. if you would have focused like, this is not working, I'm not happy, I'm going to extricate myself from this situation. Right. So it doesn't get to a place where like, maybe I make you feel less than mm -hmm. by not giving you the time you need, or I hurt everybody in the family by cheating. I don't know. I mean, yes. this, is all, this is all conjecture. No, yeah, but it feels like that. I mean, maybe we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. It feels like. Well, you're saying if he would like just focused on his. It, it, I don't know. I don't know how sort of aware he was of like in order to like know exactly sort of what he wanted or what was going on in the moment. I don't yeah. know. But. Well, here's a question. What is yeah, it what is I don't that know that now mm. for uh, like two things. One that like, how did that code you for like moving forward in relationships? Because I'm sure that's just to, not just to go back to that sure, for a please. second. Because he, it feels like if he really was doing like what he want or like just truly what he mm -hmm. wanted, um, it feels like he probably would have had his cake and and eat it too. He probably would have like. Just gotten away with it more. Yeah, and just yeah. like he wouldn't have to, you know, I don't think his happiness meant completely just leaving my mom. I think he was sort of torn in like that his whole world got torn apart right. when he left us. Like all his friends stopped talking to right. him. Um, 
And I just don't think he sort of played those things out in right. his head. He was just sort of thinking with his dick and was just like, I just want, sure. to put it bluntly and crudely, I just want... I just want this, I just want sort of what I want. Sure. Um, and I, I, I mean, maybe it wasn't early enough is what, I don't know if that's what you're no, saying. I, but I mean, look, I don't understand. I don't fully yeah. understand this situation at all, but I just, uh, I guess my, my, I know in the past, instead of like recognizing when I'm not happy in a situation, right. try to like force it and, or try to make it better as opposed to just, making a more mature decision. I guess that's what I was kind of, instead of, like, it sounds like you were saying that he, I don't know, wasn't thinking. He wasn't being uh, mature. Right. So I guess that's just like, if he would have had the wherewithal to, ah, what the fuck doesn't, I don't know this man at all, but like, no, he would yeah. just been like, I'm not happy here. Mm. I don't want to act like a dick. I'm right. acting like a dick. Right. Let's not, I want to stop that. Right, but Maybe right. didn't have the capability to do that. Who is that awareness all yeah, the time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to say, like, w what, you know, would have been the correct answer yeah. or whatever. Um, but well, I, I guess that's an. Uh, so now you are a parent. Mm -hmm. You're in. You've been with your uh, wife for a while, like ten years. Ten or years. Yeah. 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 Um, how does that? Is there like, how has that changed you? Is like the way you govern in a relationship or? Do you feel, um, do you see, do you, are you like worried that like some of that, the way he acted is like maybe inside you or are you like rebelled against that so much? How does it just like, how does that, the ripple effect of you now as a parent in a healthy relationship? As a parent or as like a husband? Both, I guess. Um, as, as a parent, I'm completely aware of giving of letting my child know how important they are to me. Right. Um, now, maybe I just wasn't important to him because right. that, because that's definitely a possibility. So I don't like asking him to show it when he actually didn't feel that way. Right. doesn't make sense, but I do feel that way. So letting my child know how important they are to me at all times is, um, is something I, I try to like, I, I try to be completely aware of. Um, and just being present in their yeah. lives and knowing that my sort of my actions have consequences um, on the people around me, um, which is sort of like what we were yeah. just talking yeah. about. Uh, just being aware of like, you know, I'm not living just for myself and I can't just live for myself. Right. And even, you know, um, I, I have to... Um, I have to be aware that I am living with other people and that my actions have, you know, uh, an effect on, on, on the people I love. So that's just one, that's just one sort of way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be aware of her space and, um, and, you know, um, and the same thing goes for my, uh, my wife, just like, you know, uh, being there, being present, being completely honest about how I feel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, not letting anything sort of, sort of slip through the cracks and, um, understanding that, you know, things change and people grow, but, you know, trying to just be sort of open about those things. Um, and, uh, 
you know, I think is like, you know, the main thing I took away from it. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I guess this kind of goes back to like our sleep thing that we started off Mm -hmm. talking with. Like I am with every day and month and year, like kind of a little bit amazed that like, in some ways I feel like I get so much better at things but then in other ways it's like not at all like I feel like there's 37 years of experience for me Uh but also with that comes 37 years of baggage right so it's like I feel like every time I'm getting a a grip on things right there's another set of circumstances that like I still feel like a fucking child that I don't know what I'm doing yeah that's still like curveballs still come at me and why yeah. how did I not see that or yeah. how did I how did I repeat the same mistake that I've done in the past or right I mean it, that's just gonna happen it feels like yeah. um it feels like you're never ready but you're always ready you yeah. know like you, 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 there's no really being ready you just have to sort of jump in and then just do your best yeah. like that's the only sort of choice you're given it feels like and so you're constantly having to re- you realize, well, I, I, I actually do have experience that like applies to this situation, but also I'm completely ignorant and I have yeah. to realize that both of those can be true at the same time, right. you know, and you have to just be okay with that. I feel like, yeah. Did you, uh, initially, cause you, you know, been in a relationship for 10 years now, were, were relation, did the relationships come kind of easier to you be, or I guess, was it like, was it hard for you to like get into a successful relationship because of where you're coming from? Or was it? I I mean I think so. I think I I think it's I think it's harder. It was harder for it's harder for me to trust, Mm -hmm. um, because I am I and this doesn't only relate to my relationships, but to any sort of like decision making and um, you know. Any any sort of thing, any crossroads that I come to, or any any re- professional relationship, I have a hard time, sort of not feeling like the rug is going to be pulled out, of me, right. you know, out from under me, um, because I feel like, um, you know, it felt like such a shock to the system when it happened that um, I'm always really trying to over prepare and over. Uh, over, I get, I worry yeah. a lot, um, uh, thinking about like the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, so it prevents me from like, you know, making decisions easily because I'm like, Oh, what if I fuck up? What if sure. I make a mistake? And, you know, and, and also sort of like with relationships, it was like, you know, hard for me to trust the person and like hard for me to, you know, not not constantly think about like what horrible things might happen you know that is sort of just like something i still deal with to this day and right. it fucking blows yeah you know yeah i feel like i do that more as i get older which is weird yeah i mean that's the other side to like over like you know the overanalyzing again helps with like comedy yeah you know like um thinking about, you know, you know, overanalyzing a situation and being like, oh, okay, well, this can help with my writing, but that stuff really, like, fucks you in yeah. relationships and and day-to-day life. So it's, like, a sort of a burden and a blessing. Yeah, because there's, like, a, you know, a bunch of clinical studies that, like, people who are more analytical and more self-aware, there's, like, a direct correlation to... With depression? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, 
I think it is a great thing to be self-aware yes. and to like be able to look in the mirror. But, but you can't get bogged down in it. Yeah, no, because it's yes. like diminishing returns. Which is what we, were, uh, what we were talking about of like being like, okay, I can be like care about myself mm-hmm. and worry about myself, but I sort of have to step back right. from myself and not like be completely obsessed with the self because it's so easy to get wrapped up in like, Am, uh, is this what I want? Do I want this? Is sure. this the right decision? Am I doing something right? Am, and not to realize that, you know, like you're living in a fucking world with other human beings and, and, and you're, you're sort of like missing life as it passes you by. If you're like too sort of like worried about what's going on in your sort of area and and that happens to me a lot it's hard not to get like sort of wrapped up in it's it like, like causing full paralysis yeah c- complete yeah. paralysis yeah. like and when I, I i will in fact i have made i'm so good at it that i will make i'll have like a, a decision that i have to make i will make things into two decisions right. so that i am paralyzed and cannot and like start to like you know, play the devil's advocate for each side until I can't make a fucking choice. And then suddenly I lose on both opportunities. Like it's so self-sabotaging to become that sort of introspective and that sort of self-obsessed. I don't know. How do you stop doing that? Are you, is that something, cause it's, it's like one of those things like, well, if I'm thinking about not doing that, it's also causing more fucking analysis and also being kind of, uh, um, self-flagellating in a yeah. way that also just compounds the problem. I mean, uh, people actually have, there's, I think there's a, probably a difference between like a disorder that people have of right. like, and then like it, just the normal sort of anxiety of, of it all. But I, I feel like the way to do that is, is to, is the way sort of, uh, to me, it's, it's hard, it's really hard to break habit. And I think what's helpful is to sort of force yourself to do something that you don't want to do. Um, and to, first of all, to become aware of the habit. So you're able to be like, ding, Oh, it's happening again. I'm doing that behavior, but also to, I think it's so easy, like, especially in therapy to go, why am I doing this? Well, my fucking father. Oh, you know, why, why is this happening? Why? Um, but it's, it's harder to be, to be like, okay, why is important, but what's equally as important is like, I'm doing this action. I have to force myself out of it. I have to sort of drag myself to do something that I'm uncomfortable with so I can get used to myself in that uncomfortable space. Because the truth is, is that I'm just, you're, I'm just comfy in indecision or I'm comfy in like, you know, uh, you know, self-obsession or whatever or being completely you know wrapped up in in my own issues so it's like wheelhouse baby yeah exactly so it's just sort of about becoming trying to become more comfortable about it's sort of like you know exercising or sort of you know you force yourself to get into the gym once Mm -hmm. and then it becomes easier you know yeah exactly as you do and you're like oh okay this is the habit now you know, as opposed to shoving a Twix down my throat. Yeah. You know? Well, with any action comes, um, come, just that's the only way to start momentum. Right. Otherwise, right. The inertia yeah. of it all. Yeah. yeah. Do you, um, you're an adult now, and you mentioned earlier that you talked to your dad. I'm not the size of one, but I am an adult. That's fine. Who is? Uh, no, who, who is? is? Really? Uh, actually, there's. I still, I still have like the weird uh, freshman in high school mentality. Like, uh-huh. I meet somebody bigger than me, like, oh, you must be older. Oh, you must be older. Yes, I do that with like 
athletes too and like movie oh, yeah. stars i'm like oh my god they're like so much older than me yeah and like, i look at like you know like every athlete like i'm i've recently become like kind of obsessed yeah. with vince carter uh-huh. He's like one of the few athletes that is older than me right so, right right <laughs> but like all these like athletes like like steph curry fun. seems like 10 years older than me just because yeah. he's like and, it's, and he's 30 yeah he's like a baby i got eight years almost yeah, yeah. Years <laughs> it's nuts that's crazy um how is your relationship with your dad now and was that like a difficult it's 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 better um a lot better um you know um i talk to him i facetime with him um almost every day with my daughter um yeah we we're very you know we're we're close those things still do come up Mm -hmm. um because i think obviously there's residue um uh from what had happened um but also just because I still think that those things are so hard to change, like people's personalities and behavior, they're, they're so hard to change. So I often find him falling into, and this is just my side, I'm sure he sure. has his own shit with me because sure. I'm, uh, you know, a, flaw, a very flawed person. But, you know, I, I he can be, again, you know, put himself first mm-hmm. um, a lot of times and... Uh, when I think that it's, you know, completely inappropriate to, or like, you know, like I'm like, um, you know, you know, or like, for example, um, me and his wife have had like an up and down sort of Mm -hmm. relationship. Um, and there has been, yeah, which makes sense. Um, you know, and again, she has her issues with uh, me and my sister too. But like, you know, there are times when I think, you know, he'll still put her before us or right. himself before us. Right. I mean, ultimately it's himself, if even if it is her. Because, you know, it, 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 if, it, it, it just feels like, you know, those things sort of are really, are really tough to change. And, you know, maybe it, it could be me and my sister still being... Um, you know, still feeling, you know, it, 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 it feels like he still can do those things. And so when he does those things at like, you know, times in our lives, life that we really need him to be there, right. um, those things can, it, it can hurt and it can throw you right back into like being a kid again. Um, it's really tough. Yeah. And how much of that, uh, you know, talking earlier about you have to be ever vigilant with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like how much of that is just, you're also expecting it. So like how much mm-hmm. of it is like manifesting? Cause I find myself like if I'm, if I'm looking for a problem or if I'm expecting one, I'll probably find it to some degree. Totally. I mean, a lot of it is, is me, you know, being hypersensitive mm-hmm. to him doing those things, but it's hard for me to sort of like relax and not acknowledge that. Yeah. Or like, no, I, I mean, I, there are times when I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just being like completely crazy about this. Right. And, you know, I'm just, I just want my daddy, you know, like, sure. but there are other times when I'm like, no, he's being completely like right. fucked up right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's easy, it's easy to sort of like buy into his shtick a lot. Um, so, you know, I can get, he's very charming. So it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes you know, I have to be like, oh shit, it's happening again. He's, right. I feel like, Jesus Christ, he's, you know, how did we get to this p- place again? But it's, it's happening again, yeah. you know? Um, 
So, I mean, it is fast. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Those yeah. family relationships. Cause my dad was just in town and I sat with him this time last week doing the exact same thing. Uh-huh. And it was like really wonderful because, uh, I think so much of our time is just spent like talking about what's going on day to day. How's the weather? All like the benign little chit chat things that like right. you're keeping abreast of someone's life. Yeah. But like so rarely do you check in with like what's actually in, why are you the way you are? Yes. What's in your head? What's in your heart? Right. What's happening? <laughs> and it was like, I feel like it was such a gift to get to do that. But it is... It's a great con- It's a great conversation. Yeah, what were you going to say the negative of it? But what were you... No, no I was just going to say that the... Um, it's a great reminder that, like, here is this person that I intrinsically love and I'm so grateful for. Mm-hmm. And in spite of, oh, I understand why there's these things that annoy me. And I see where that comes from, just, like, having, like, a more earnest conversation like this. But... Because oftentimes I'll fall back into a thing, like, this fucking petulant teenager where, like, he'll do tell me the same story twice or just like have logic that doesn't make sense to me and I'll be a fucking dick to him. Right. And he, I don't think he even sees it. Right. I just like feel it myself. Like don't be an asshole to this man that you right. love. Yeah. And it's just like how like those dynamics don't go away. No, they don't. So easy. No. And, shitty to and I'm sure he's falling into his own sure. stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I remember sitting down with my father a few years ago and being like, tell me everything about that day mm. and tell me everything about what you were going, what was going through your head and why did you want to leave mom? And like, just trying to sort of come at it as like someone who was not a part of the situation, you know, and just asking him like, what was, why were you so unhappy? Why were you so like, what was going on? And like, why did you make the choices that you made just to sort of get in his head? And it's, it is really like, enlightening and fascinating to you know talk to your family members as if they're like you know also other human beings yeah Yeah. um and it's it's really hard to in the moment like think of them in that way you know you just sort of think of them as players or characters in your own little yeah play but it's it's not it's so you know yeah, and I think... Um, I think that's part of the problem. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. you're just making these... Ass- yeah, yeah it's again, of- I'm the center of the universe yeah. and everyone else is here to like service my story, and yeah. but, which is not the case at all. Yeah, that's... Uh, there was... Uh, I think it was like Thanksgiving or maybe it was even Christmas. I was at home for my grandfather's funeral and I went, went to a bar with my dad at a movie or something. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just felt inclined to ask him, like, wh- what was... Why did you... And mom not work. Why did you, why did you end up separating? Right. And it wasn't a very long conversation. And he just like quite simply was like, I just could never make her happy. Hmm. She was just never happy. No matter what I did, it just felt like she, I, I couldn't make her happy. And then I wasn't happy. And it was like a very simple thing. Yeah. Um, and there was like, other it usually is, it. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like always the core, Yeah. but it was just like, huh, that's cause I think, I, in my mind, I always wondered, like, was there any sort of infidelity? Was there other things that were just, like, kept from me? And there may have been when there was, you know... But even those are sort of symptoms of that thing that you're talking about. Yeah. And it was just, like, distilled down to, like, a soundbite of two sentences. And I was like, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 What um, would you say is your advice for for anybody who's, like... Because I think... I don't see you a ton, but you feel like I've pretty well adjusted and you feel very self-aware. 
Um, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm well adjusted, but well, I thank you for the compliment. You're a functioning adult, a, functioning a successful person. Yeah, barely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what was your like? Advice I can get for... dressed in the morning. Yeah, so you that's, look great yeah, right now. Thank you. you. Thank watch. you very much. Um, but like, what was your advice for like anybody like kind of trying to navigate the waters after like going through a young trauma? And sometimes I feel like trauma is like a hyper hyperbolic word, but it feels like that's what right. it, that is at that age. I think to me, it would be talk about it. Mm-hmm talk about it always talk about it go see a therapist if you can you know if you can afford it um if you're you know privileged to go see one um that would that's great um but you know i feel like there's always resources in order to to sort of talk about um that trauma but also don't don't swim in it Mm. don't uh get bogged down in it because um it doesn't it's a defining moment, but it doesn't sort of define you and sort of, yeah, I mean, try not to become obsessed with any sort of moment in time. Um, and if you can do that, then you can re- you realize that there is sort of like potential and positive, um, stuff that you know, you can do in the moment now that can actually make you sort of feel, feel good. Um, and sort of go after the things that make you feel good. Um, instead of sort of miring in the things that make you feel bad. Right. I don't know. There I don't a, know if that, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's one of those things like, of course, but it's like so yeah. much easier to, it, I mean, it sounds trite, but it, the, no, the, but it's, all that's, very it's sort of like what your dad said. Like it, yeah. it, it is, Simplest yeah, thing. exactly. There is this, um, uh, years ago worked on the uh, Michael J. Fox show and, uh-huh. and he was like always when I was <clears throat> I remember that was like you, and Ann, you and Andy right yeah and also Leela and right, right, right. Dan and Law that's right that's yeah, right we all like moved out like a summer camp the in New York the whole happy endings yeah kind of. exactly um, but like something when I was sick he was like I was always looked to a, he was always like an inspiration to some degree without even like being cognizant of it just because I felt fucking down mired in and helplessness and hopelessness. Did you ha- guys have a relationship at all? When worked on the show, yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, okay. But this was like even before that. Okay. And like when just getting ready for the show, like right. read his books. Like oh, okay. So, okay. Like, Here, read these books right, if you right, want right. to. Um, and I'd read one of them, but the second, he just knew one that come out. And one of the things that he said that is like, again, so simple, but it's something that I've reflected to my dad several, many times is like, if you are always, um, planning for the worst case scenario and you're always thinking about that and then that scenario actually happens you will have lived that reality twice mm. and it's like there's diminishing returns so like just plan for the dooms yeah. all the time yeah. yeah i mean completely and yeah. if you like if you live positively and thinking positively then you know it it then you've actually, and if it, the negative thing happens then the negative thing happens, but yeah. if, 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 you know, that's why you just can't sort of like, you can't fucking, you can't worry about things that you sort of can't control. You just have to sort of like be able to let go, which is very easy to say, especially cause I'm telling you that, uh, <laughs> that I have such an issue with it. Yeah. But like, yeah, you just had to sort of like let go and sort of try to like it, it's worth it to be positive. It's just worth it because if, you know, then yeah, you're again, like you're saying, you're creating like, momentum. To yeah. That mm-hmm. I do think, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, worried about like the, the rainy day scenario. I think there was like a moment like after, uh, shortly after being sick, 
like after surgery and stuff where I was like, had this realization is like, Oh, like all like the worst case scenarios and the rainy days that you're holding on to things for just right. in case, like I went through all those. Right. That happened. Right. And right. found a way through. Yeah. So like why you will always, I think you'll always be like impressed with your own capacity. Yeah. If you're, if you're forced to do something, you're like, well, I guess I'm stronger or more resilient than I would expect. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's crazy what we can sort of make it through. Yeah. Yeah. Very fragile and very resilient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then stronger and stronger for, for those reasons too, weirdly, like you were saying, like, you know, the places where you're broken that heal, you know, often heal stronger than before. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you get a, a scar tissue that makes your, yeah. Not, oh no, I'm tough in that yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very weird. Well, uh, thanks for coming and sitting and chat with me, man. Thank you for having me, Steve. I appreciate it, sir. Yeah, it's, it's great nice catching have, up. It's nice yeah. to have a talk after. I know. Each other for a 10 very years. serious talk. Yeah, about very, very. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I see evidence of you and him. Well, I for one thought that that was a great episode, and I'm very grateful for Gil Ozeri taking a lot of time out of his weekend to come and chat with me. What a fucking man she is. Uh, thank you so much, Gil, for, for coming out and talking to me. I really do appreciate it. You're a great dude. Uh, if you want to support Gil, and you should, again, watch Big Mouth. It's great. He's great. And you can also check him out on Twitter. It's at Gil Ozeri. It's at G-I-L-O-Z-E-R-I. Thank you so much, Gil. Also, thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. I, for one, am technologically inept, so I appreciate you doing the things that I can't. And per usual, gang, the biggest thanks goes to you guys just for taking time out of your day and going on a weird ride with me. I think you're great. I think you're the cat's jammies. And I hope you have a great week.